Jordan Love. I know you don't want to hear this. He is what I was told throughout the offseason I thought he would be. He's a game manager. There's no special there. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. So, long story that I will try to make as short as possible. Doing the Bill Michael show earlier today. And the movie The Blind Side comes up because Bill was going back and reading some of the bits of news that have come out about Michael Orr and the Tui family and maybe how that movie wasn't all the way on the up and up. Anyways, comes time to about 1.30, we're doing buy or sell. And, you know, me being the annoying person that I am. For the final question of buy or sell, I said, Bill, Tim McGraw has sold over 80 million records worldwide, but he's also starred in some major motion pictures and TV shows. Friday Night Lights, Flicka. He played Gwyneth Paltrow's husband in that one movie, which that title escapes me. And he was excellent in The Blind Side. And I said, Bill, buy or sell, Tim McGraw, very underrated as an actor. We don't give him his flowers, buy or sell. Well, Bill goes on this long rant, wildly entertaining. I was sitting on the edge of my seat here listening about how he once met Tim McGraw in the early 90s and he was a drunk and he was a jerk and, oh, God, he sucked. And how did he lay on Faith Hill? And we we relitigated the early days of Tim McGraw and the early days of the relationship between Faith Hill and Tim McGraw. And I'm like, wow, that's a bummer. Now, who knows? Bill could have met Tim McGraw on a bad night and he could be a completely different person now. But I feel a little guilty and I feel like I'm I'm doing my my ten to two boss a little dirty because all afternoon I've just been I've been listening to Tim McGraw because whether or not he was a drunk back in the day and a jerk, you can't deny the man wrote hits. And we all know the big ones. It's the hits that you forget about. Those are the ones that always get to me. Like uh, watch the wind blow by. Oh my goodness, what a track! What an awesome song. Southern voice, last dollar, felt good on my lips. Oh yeah, I, everyone knows "Live Like You Were Dying" and Indian Indian Outlaw, <laughs> which you know it was a different day. It was a different day and age. It was back when he was drinking. God, did TMC old Tim McGraw? He had some hits. Can't deny that. And that's what I told Bill uh, briefly earlier this afternoon. So I've been listening to Tim McGraw all day. Hope you've been having a great afternoon. My name is Grant Bills. This is the Wisco Sports Show. That concludes our talking country music portion of the show. We're going to talk Brewers tonight. They lost in Los Angeles last night. Maybe you caught some of the game. Maybe you went to bed and you skipped it. You didn't miss much if you skipped it. Of course, I also want to talk Packers training camp. They're in the midst of joint practices with the Patriots right now. Bill Belichick spoke to the media brief as ever Mike Clemens sent me some audio and I'm like man there's there's not a lot here but I shouldn't be surprised because Bill Belichick is is a pretty briefly spoken fella always has been you know on to Cincinnati on to Green Bay I was listening to the clips that Mike sent me and at the very end of one of the clips they're like hey so why are you having joint practices with the Packers is it something that drew you to Green Bay do you have some connection with Matt LaFleur? This is obviously a Green Bay writer or, or a Green Bay reporter trying to find a story. Like, where did these two first talk about joint practices? Maybe there's something that Bill Belichick really likes and respects about Matt LaFleur or vice versa. And Bill Belichick basically just said, eh, it just kind of worked out. <laughs> He's like, I'm not, there's nothing there. I just, we needed another team. 
they got live bodies to practice against. It's convenient. We're playing the Packers later this week. Why not? Okay, so thanks, Bill. No meat on that bone. Uh, nothing interesting you're giving us there. So we probably won't listen to any Bill Belichick audio, but we might listen to what Jordan Love had to say today. Matt LaFleur spoke as well. Uh, we're no doubt going to talk about the Packers kicking game because some ups and downs. Mike texted me this afternoon. He's like, that's one of, I saw one of the worst kicks I've ever seen. High school, college, pros, I've seen one of the worst kicks I've ever seen in football today from Anders Carlson. So I'm sure we'll talk kicking game at some point. David Gasper, who joins us throughout the Brewers season on Tuesday evenings, will join us tonight. And I had a tough conversation with Gasper yesterday. I said, I, I got to bump you for Clements. I do. Not only is Mike my coworker and on the scene in Green Bay, but Gasper, think of the Clemheads. Like, are, are there any are there any Gasper guys, Gasperites? I, I don't know. Think of a name, and when you have your hive of rabid followers that set the watch to your appointments, it's appointment listing every week. When we get to that point, okay, well then we'll talk and we'll weigh Gasper versus Clemens. But right now, the Clemheads, uh, they win. The Clemheads have it. So Gasper will join us on Wednesday. Uh, moving forward, when he can, always appreciate his time. He writes for reviewing the brew. Appreciate that guy coming on and and just chopping it up and talking baseball. Things are getting interesting with the Brewers as they're playing some really good teams this week. So it'll be a good time to talk to David. 608-796. I keep doing this. I read the wrong number. 608-321-1670 if you'd like to call or text the show. And I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. We'd start with the Brewers for a couple of minutes just because they played last night. I like to kind of start with what happened, what's happened since we've last talked. Look at it that way, right? And since we've last talked, the Brewers played a game. A couple housekeeping things stemming from last night stemming from the Brewer game before we get into the Packers and before we get into training camp. Brewers on the West Coast had a 9-10 start in Los Angeles last night, and a late start means a couple of things, okay? One, it means a lot of Brewers fans might have missed some of last night's game, so the box score could be a little bit misleading. Maybe there are Brewers fans walking around today. They think they know what happened last night because they needed their beauty rest, and the box score, the final score, maybe misled them just a little bit. So I want to set the record straight on a few things. And also, number two, we got to talk about Brewers in bed because it is a movement. It's something that many people participate in. I always tweet a picture of myself in bed watching the Brewers. Anytime they're on the West Coast, Brewers in bed. It's a thing. It's great. And I'm getting dragged online. So I will address your criticisms, your complaints uh, in just a couple minutes. First, I want to talk about the actual game. Brewers lost 6-2. There's not much misleading about the offense. The offense sucked. That, That was one of the most impotent boring, just non-existent offensive games that I've watched this year. There have been plenty of times where the Brewers offense has frustrated me because they get a single and a walk, and now we got two guys on, and they fail to score. Or they get you know three runners on, they load the bases with one out, no outs, they fail to score. That's frustrating. Last night was not that. You might look at the final score 6-2 to two and think, well, the offense didn't get the job done. They wasted opportunities to cash in. They wasted opportunities to score. I'm telling you, there were no opportunities. They did not squander anything. They did not waste anything. They just didn't show up. So I'm not going to tell you that the offense wasn't as bad as the score made it look. It is as bad. (laughs) It's a miracle they scored two runs. Honestly, Carlos Santana's starting to slug the ball a little bit. Now we just need to get some runners on when he hits one of these home runs, and then we'll be in a good spot. The offense was as bad as the score would indicate, but the pitching was not as bad as the score made it look. Adrian Hauser was shoving last night through four, through five, and into six. The game went a little sideways. 
I don't really think it was on Adrian Hauser. I thought Adrian Hauser pitched very well. The defense behind him started to slip a little bit. Bryce Terang had a couple balls last night. No, they're not errors. I don't know that Bryce Terang was charged with any errors last night. He might have been charged with one. But there were two or three plays that Bryce Terang would say, well, I got to come up with that play. That's always what the announcer says, right? Well, it would have been a really great play and certainly not an error, but... That's a ball. Bryce Trang would tell you he's got to come down with that. And I agree, especially if he's going to hit 205, 210, or whatever his batting average is. A couple plays at second in the fourth inning that he didn't make. Adrian Hauser was able to pitch out of it. I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth. Have those words ever been said in the history of the world before? Adrian Hauser pitched his way out of it? I don't think I've ever said that before. First time for everything. Been doing this show since 2018. Never once said those words before. Adrian Hauser pitched out of it. The defense started to struggle behind him. There's some rookie mistakes with some younger players and outfielders just not locking down the field. Probably wouldn't have mattered. Most certainly wouldn't have mattered because the Brewers had two hits last night. They didn't do anything. The pitching would have had to be perfect. And against that Dodgers lineup, it's really hard to ask your pitching staff to be perfect. But Adrian Hauser was great. And I guess that's a positive we can take out of last night's game. I thought that he looked very Wade Miley-ish. Last night, I think Adrian Hauser might be bending the ear of Wade Miley just a little bit. I know after Hauser was pulled and they were doing kind of the breakdown of his start. Every time the starter finishes the game or finishes the, the, their own game, not the game. I'm not saying if the starter goes nine innings, but let's say Adrian Hauser pitches six innings and then he's removed from the game. A lot of times, Bally Sports Wisconsin, they'll show Adrian Hauser in the dugout. He's relaxing. He's done for the night and they kind of break down his performance. And last night when they panned to Adrian Hauser in the dugout, he was sitting next to Wade Miley on the rail, and they were talking back and forth. I thought that Adrian Hauser, albeit a very different pitcher than Wade Miley, pitched with some Wade Miley-isms last night. Living around the edges of the strike zone. And you want every pitcher to do that. Don't, don't get me wrong. Right? You always want to live around the, the corners, the edges of the strike zone. That's not unique to Wade Miley. But when I watch Wade Miley, he's always throwing pitches just a couple of inches off the outside of the zone, and he does that the entire game. There's never any wasted pitches. There's never a pitch that a batter can completely relax and lean back and ignore, and there's never a pitch that's an easy call for an umpire. So Wade Miley, because he he pitches so close to the zone the whole game, every once in a while will force the ump to call something a strike that's not a strike. And last week or the week before, I compared Wade Miley in the way that he pitches to a very good corner in the NFL, a very physical corner. And they'll really test the limits of what the refs will let them get away with. And when they find that limit, right, they'll play to it. And they'll play right up to that limit. And they'll play physical. And basically what great corners do, make the ref throw a flag. And if they're not going to throw a flag, keep being physical. Keep taking advantage of it. Because the ref can't call everything. Wade Miley lives around the zone. And every once in a while, gets a little lucky with the call. But that's a product of always making the umpire make the call. And Adrian Hauser got a couple strikeouts last night that were borderline. But also when he's dialed in and pitching that well and and aiming small and missing small, it's hard to fault a guy for really working the umpire and forcing them to call a strike here and there, especially in a two-strike count. He got a couple big strikeouts in the fourth inning and in the fifth inning when he was pitching some way or pitching his way out of some trouble, trouble that wasn't 100% totally his fault. So that was the story of Adrian Hauser last night. Uh, Brewers in bed, if you're new to the show, every time they go out on the West Coast, I get all excited because I get to use my bedroom TV. I never use my bedroom TV. Now, 
part of that is because I don't I don't technically have a bedroom. I live in a loft, so my entire apartment is one big room. So if I want to go to bed, I'll just go to bed. And if I want to watch TV, I'll go down a small set of stairs and my couch and my my big TV is right there. I never use my bedroom TV, but when the Brewers are on a West Coast trip, oh yeah, I'll fire it up. And everyone today is up my butt about the size of my TV in my bedroom. And if you didn't see the picture, and if you're on Twitter and you feel so inclined to go look, go look, at Wisco Grant. Everyone's making fun of the size of my TV and the fact that I have no decorations on the walls. David Gasper, first and foremost, is ripping me for my, my bare decorations. First of all, it's hard to decorate. I don't like to commit to hanging things because once you hang it up there, you bang a hole in the wall, makes it harder to move around. I need two or three months to make a decision. I moved in beginning of July. I still haven't got a feel for the place yet. I need to listen to what my apartment is telling me. Also, I'm a millennial. I'm very minimalistic. I don't like crap. I don't like clutter. I like clean. And everything I bring into my apartment, I realize that at some point I'm going to have to move. He's not going to live in this apartment for the rest of my life, so at some point I'm going to have to move it. I, I don't like crap, so of course there's no crap on my walls. The TV is small, sure, but I never use it. That's why it's the bedroom TV, and it's really nice. You need to get a mini TV so during football season you can bring it into the living room and like set it on the coffee table and have a second game going on the side. A little bit of a life hack. I'll show a picture of my football setup when football season rolls around. Pretty elite. It's helpful to have a small mobile TV like that. Just saying. Just saying. It's the bedroom TV for a reason. Right, you, the old TV, the smaller TV gets moved into the bedroom. When the living room TV gets outdated and replaced, you move the living room TV into the bedroom. I don't know why I'm explaining this to everyone. This is this is supposed to be common knowledge. All right, I want to talk about the Packers for a couple minutes. I'm watching Suits right now. I'm a big Suits guy, Harvey Specter, Lewis Litt. And I always see memes of how men will watch TV shows and adopt the main personality, the main character uh, as their personality he's like you watch um like mad men for example is a great example adopt don draper is my personality i'm gonna talk like don draper i want to dress like don draper i'm I'm gonna embody this character because that's kind of you know men they get obsessed over tv shows especially with characters like harvey specter or don draper i was actually thinking about mad men today because there's a scene in the first episode of the series that makes me think of the packers so what's happening in the scene is they're meeting with a, a tobacco company, right? Mad Men is, is about an advertising firm in New York in the 50s. They do newspaper advertising and radio advertising, early television, I suppose, big advertising agency on Madison Avenue. And Don Draper is the creative director. And they're meeting with representatives from a cigarette company, Lucky Strike, and they're upset. The cigarette folks are upset because the FDA or the FCC or whatever organization it is just passed a law that you can't claim that your cigarettes are healthier than another cigarette. So this this company, Lucky Strike, they say had invested money in a, in a cancer-free cigarette, and they were advertising it. Now the government is telling them they can't do that. Their whole advertising campaign's got to get thrown out the window, and they don't know what to say in their commercials. So this is Don Draper saying, this might seem like a bad thing, but it's actually a good thing. And I think this applies to the Packers. So here's the clip. It's about 50 seconds. It's Don Draper explaining to the cigarette fellas what an opportunity they have before them. Federal Trade Commission and Reader's Digest have done you a favor. They've let you know that any ad that brings up the concept of cigarettes and health together, well, it's just going to make people think of cancer. Yes, and we are grateful to them. But what Lee Jr. said is right. If you can't make those health claims, neither can your competitors. So 
We've got a lot of people not saying anything that sells cigarettes. Not exactly. This is the greatest advertising opportunity since the invention of cereal. We have six identical companies making six identical products. We can say anything we want. We can say anything we want. I love that line. It's like the the slate has been wiped clean. We can say whatever we want. And I was thinking about this scene today as I was thinking about the Packers. The Packers have a unique structure to their team. They have a unique situation with their quarterback. They're turning the page at, at wide receiver and at tight end. Things are very different this year than they were for the last 15 years. And then for the 15 years before that, everything's new. Everything's different. The circumstances have changed in so many different ways. And I think, like the folks from Lucky Strike in Mad Men, I think the Packers need to take advantage of everything this season. They need to take advantage of having a young quarterback with low expectations. They need to have a, 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 or they need to take advantage of an offense with young wide receivers. They need to take advantage of a defense that has some more veterans. They need to take advantage of the fact that they have a young kicker. They need to look at everything. Everything that's going on this year, everything that's changed in the last couple months, and they need to find an advantage into it. There's plenty of good and exciting things that are happening with the Packers. They need to take advantage of those things. We'll talk about that coming up. There's also some bad things going on with the team. Some areas that they're probably going to take a step back. The Packers also need to find an advantage in those areas where they're taking a step back. This season is not a catastrophe. It's not a bad thing. It's not a fall from glory. It's an opportunity. It's a different set of circumstances that I think the Packers can capitalize on. And we'll talk about that coming up next. Offense, defense, special teams, coaches, quarterbacks, tight ends. The Packers have so many areas and so many things that they can exploit and take advantage of this season. And I want to talk about those things next. The Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Talking Packers. We'll talk Brewers more throughout the show. David Gasper going to be here in a little over an hour. So if you want to talk about the Brewers getting their clock clean last night by the Dodgers. Oh, don't worry. We'll we'll talk more about that. I was just thinking about how I can't stop thinking about the show Suits today. And I used to be the same way about Mad Men. I got really into that show for a while. Don Draper. I just start acting like him. Start, start having some John Hamm-isms in my day-to-day life. And I was thinking about the first episode. When the cigarette fellows from Lucky Strike were all upset, it's like, well, we, we had our whole strategy killed by the Federal Trade Commission. We can't say that our cigarettes are healthier. And Don's like, exactly. And you can say anything you want, right? The, the bar has been reset. We can start again from zero. And I feel a little bit similarly about the Packers this season. Now, I'd prefer for them to have MVP-level Aaron Rodgers and Offensive Player of the Year, Devontae Adams and healthy David Bakhtiari. Like, obviously, I wish this team was the Super Bowl caliber contender that they were years ago when they had actual chances to win the Super Bowl and came up short. Obviously, I'd prefer that. And I'm sure cigarette companies would love to be able to say, well, our cigarettes don't give you cancer. But that reality came to an end, and we saw that in Mad Men too, right? The Packers need to take advantage of a clean slate. They need to use this year to figure out 
the answers to all their questions they need to figure out this year to make a plan on what they need to add in the draft next year, who they need to target in free agency to support Jordan Love or support whoever the next quarterback is. Right, Even with a rookie kicker, I think there's responsibility or opportunity with a rookie kicker. I should say opportunity. Right? He's going to miss some kicks. And that's going to feel weird because we're really used to Mason Crosby. Find a way to take advantage of that. If that means going for two more often, if that means going forward on fourth down and getting your offense comfortable with that. And you know what? If the Packers aren't going to be in the playoffs this year and they lose a game or two because Anders Carlson couldn't make a kick, well, then you get a better draft pick. You know, like you just need to take everything this year that looks like an inconvenience. You need to look at every area of the team where it looks like the Packers have taken a step back and you got to think, okay, How can we use this to our advantage? The Packers this year are going to take a step back and they need to get the most out of this opportunity. Of course, I'd rather contend, but this is the situation the Packers are in and they got to find every single way to take advantage of this weird year and hope that after this year, they start building up again, start contending again, and they never look back, not at least for a while. Cone Rollers here, 608-321-1670. Good evening, Cone. Hey, Grant, very stoic mindset you have about this Packer team. I like it. Well, it's a business. You know, you got to think of it like a business. There's going to be up years. There are going to be down years. And sometimes you can't help the down years, right? Like Aaron Rodgers retire. Like, let's say Aaron Rodgers is a manager in our company and he retires. Wow, big shoes to fill. Okay, well, in that void, what can we figure out about other managers in the company? What can we figure out about the marketplace and and the the competition of other? You you just got to treat everything like an opportunity cone. Absolutely. And, you know, good companies, you know, when a, when a 10 year manager leaves, they got somebody waiting in the wings. Mm -hmm. They're not relying on a a fresh college kid coming out of, you know, Harvard or a a Penn business school. Mm -hmm. You know, they got a guy waiting in the wings. And I I think that's what we got in Jordan Love. Yeah. A real Mike Ross, hopefully, ideally. Well, hopefully not a fraud, but yeah, there is that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but I agree with you. I think Packers kind of fresh start, wipe wipe the slate clean. I think the fan base needs to do the same because yes. some of the stuff I'm still seeing with Aaron Rodgers is ridiculous and none other than Ben Brust. Oh. Has there been a player that has fallen further from grace in the state of Wisconsin than Ben Brust? I mean, I almost want to give Sam Decker an apology because I thought he was this cringy, you know, former Badger clinging on to his fame, but Ben Brust clearly is is replacing him. It is unreal. His video today just thought it was pathetic, made Ben look like an absolute clown. So is there an athlete that's fallen farther from, I mean, Favre, but Favre committed crimes. That video was just weird. Like, is Ben trying to go full heel? Is he trying to get all Packers fans upset with him and mad at him? I, I don't understand what he's trying to do. I don't either. And he, it, it, the video is like a rain of booze falls on Ben Brust. There's like two people booing him, and after like five minutes of standing in there, and I think one of the booze was the cameraman. It sounded like. <laughs> well, you know, it always takes one to get it started, I guess. But I suppose, uh, man, that yeah. that 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 left me shaking my head. As you know, a once Ben Brust was probably my favorite athlete in the state for years. Yeah, because I think that buzzer beater against Michigan. Like that, I remember that play from my childhood more than just about any other play. I remember the snow game with Ryan Grant in 2008. I remember some Brewers things. I remember Ben Brush shot 
in what would it, and that wasn't that long ago, but my childhood, my formative years, that play weighed as heavily as any Wisconsin sports play that I had ever seen up until that point. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I once I once got a, the chance to meet Ben Brust in college at a bar, and I I told him to his face, I'm like, Ben, you were my childhood hero, mm-hmm. and he was probably just like, I'm literally just Ben Brust, but <laughs> I'm just Ben Brust. He's like, dude, I'm at the W just trying to get some get some half-off rail drinks right now. What do you mean I was your childhood hero? Right, right. Oh, my God. That's funny. I'm trying to think if I've ever seen Badgers athletes out. I I had a buddy who saw Chris Orr one time and went up to him to say hi and thought he was Zach Bond and was like, Zach, I love your game. And it was Chris Orr. And I'm like, no, you can't. You can't make that mistake. They don't even look alike. They look Thing alike. Yeah, I was gonna say, how do you get those two confused? That was that was a very that was a tough miss by my buddy, and he had had some drinks, and I think Chris Orr played it off pretty nicely. But I'm like, let's let's confer as a friend group before we go pulling a stunt like that. Like we're we we have safety in numbers, strength in numbers. If you think you see someone and you're unsure, please wisdom of the masses here, ask the group because I would have told you that's definitely not Zach Bond. Yeah, and Bodie and I used to do that at house parties. We'd go around, you know, if there was, like, somebody that we thought looked like maybe an athlete or actor or just a celebrity, we'd be like, oh, my God. And I remember one specifically, there was this tall, kind of awkward-looking white guy at a party, and we're like, he looked actually like Joel Prisbilla, former Buck Center. And we just kept hounding him all night, like, oh, my God, Joel Prisbilla. Can we get a picture with you? Can we get your autograph? And yeah, he was he was getting sick of us. So I was gonna say that hey, that probably took all five minutes, and it is a good time. It's all in good fun. Bodie getting up my butt about my bedroom and my uh, IPA. I don't even drink IPAs, and he was he called me an IPA douche yesterday. I didn't appreciate that from Bodie. I didn't appreciate that either because I went to happy hour last night and and got an IPA. So you know I was gonna send out a picture to Bodie, me flipping him off or something, but. I agree with him on your bedroom setup. That was laughably bad. It's just a dresser and a TV. That's all it is. You got the you got the Ben Brust of bedroom setups. Hey, well, 2014 Ben Brust or current day Ben Brust? 2023 Ben Brust. Oh, that sucks. I'm going TV shopping this weekend, I think. Well, I appreciate you, Cone. <laughs> I, you know, I wasn't going to put Ben Brust on blast today, but I'm not going to stand in the way of a caller that wants to, so I appreciate that. Yeah, he is officially on blast from a good majority of the Wisco Sports Show audience. I saw the tweet, and it's not just our audience. It's plenty of people around the state. I appreciate you, Cone. Got a couple calls I got to get to, but thank you for uh, beginning the proceedings here. Yeah, thanks, Grant. Have a good one. Yeah, you as well. That is Cone Roller, 608-321-1670. Let's take another call. All right. Is it rude to ask callers to be slightly more patient? Just let me wrap things up politely with Cone. I'll get to you. I, I get to all the callers. I always do. It might take me a minute. Let's just be patient. There's a guy who waited on the phone for Bill Michaels today for 45 minutes, unfazed. Just give me two minutes to tie things up with a caller, please. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, Grant. It's Clem Head Mike. Clem Head Mike. How you doing today, Mike? Yeah. Well, a little better. Yesterday, I missed your show. Well, Monday, I missed your show because I, I was taking my migraine medications. I, I slept through the show. No, no uh, reflection on you. Then yesterday, I made it through about the first half of the show. And then today, I was at the doctor's office and at the hospital for a while, and I missed Bill's show. But they gave me this new drug, and 
they wanted me to take it right away. I said, I'm not taking it till 6 o'clock. Uh-huh. I'm not missing Grant's show again. Dude, I don't so, miss Sports Talk Radio either, so I can I can relate. Although a drug-induced nap sounds pretty awesome any time of the day. Actually, you do sleep really well. <laughs> no kidding, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Not, not till 6, baby. I'm not till 6 o'clock. Oh, my so. God. That's funny. I just want to let you know that. If you but, took a uh, nap last night, did, were you able to stay up late enough to catch some of the Brewer game or no? Uh, no, I, I, you know what? I kind of, I was dozing a little bit. Then I woke up and I, I watched some more episodes of uh, Dexter and it's getting really good. I mean, oh. He's killing everybody. Oh, so. well, yeah. You know, that's how he's, <laughs> that's a really, that's a really funny breakdown of the show. Actually, he's just killing everybody. Yeah, that's yeah, that's how that show tends to go. Well, what do you think of Packers training camp? What do you think of the Brewers? What's what's the talk of the day for you, uh, for I, Mike? Uh, for me, I think the Packers. I think a lot of people are you, some are people. I just want to preach patience. Come on, mm-hmm. this might not be a good year, but remind, this reminds me. This team right now reminds me of the '94, '95 Packers. You know, they were building up. They were, they had Brett Favre and Ridgeway, and they were getting jobbed by the referees every time they played the. 49ers, or I mean the Cowboys in the playoffs, but they were getting better and better. And I think, you know what, this remind, this team reminds me, because they had an unproven Brett Favre then, mm-hmm. and now they got a kind of unproven Jordan Love, and they got the, this defense that's, you know, on paper is a great defense. And Should be. They may, have a, they may have a deep offensive line. They got some weapons, and it's kind of the same scenario for me as like right before the 96 Packers won the Super Bowl. It just reminds me a lot of that. You hope that they're building towards something. Absolutely, yeah. all the time. You just hope that they're trending in the right direction. And that's what's fun about the NFL is your team can be bad and you're a year or two away of, of some good decisions from being good again. Whereas in baseball, it takes a lot longer and in basketball, it takes a lot longer. So I'm, I'm trying to preach patience with the Packers. And if they're not awesome this year and if they're not contending for a playoff spot, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. And Packers fans, we got to keep our keep our head. I'm not worried about that with you, Mike, but I know some Packers fans might be. Yeah. Pretty well, I, I I always think like uh, I always think the long term, the uh, the long game. I because you know I lived through the 70s and 80s, and I saw yeah. the the horridness of that's not a word, but the horridness of the Green Bay Packers. And a lot of that was, you know, a lot of that was pre uh, salary cap too. Mm-hmm. And nowadays with the salary cap, like I said yesterday, every Every NFL fan wakes up on opening day thinking, my mm-hmm. team has a chance. Darn right. So, not like in baseball. But, yeah, you're right about baseball. It takes uh, years for a team to turn around because you got to build up in the farm system. And mm-hmm. your draft guys, they don't show up for five years sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you got to be patient. Patience, patience, patience. Yeah, how long will that take to learn patience? I don't know, about a week. Yeah, you're but, a, uh, Yeah. <laughs> You're a good man to preach patience, Mike. You, you, you've got some wisdom. You've seen a lot of things. So I think you're a good voice on this. I appreciate the call. And, you know, yeah. if you got to nap through the last 20 minutes of the show, if you're tired, you're, you're allowed to do that. We can catch up tomorrow. I, I just want to make sure you're getting your rest. <laughs> I'm not, like I said, I'm not taking the pills till six. I'm chugging Diet Mountain Dew right now. So. Hell yeah, Mike. Appreciate you. Thanks for the call. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Clem had Mike in Chippewa Falls. Bill Michaels is up there last night. Mike should have gone to the cigar dinner, although he's been... Taking some some pills. Oh, I would I would kill for a medication induced nap. Oh my god! I went to bed last night with a with a thin blanket, and I was very comfortable. And I woke up this morning with my comforter and with extra pillows. In my, I think I woke up in the middle of the night sleepwalking, and I grabbed a bunch of things in my bedroom, and I and I took it all back to bed. I was so confused. I woke up very confused, and I woke up to some angry tweets about my bedroom. So kick a man while he's down. Six oh eight. Three, two, one, sixteen, seventy. Let's take one more call and then we got to run to break. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? 
Hey, it's Mike in Windsor. What's up, man? Mike in Windsor. Oh, our seasonal football caller returns. Look at you just waltzing back in here just in time for football season. I love it. Uh, you know me. Always in hibernation in the summer. I and, do. Uh, you're welcome You're welcome for the win last night. My White Sox beat the Cubs, and I know that made you very happy. So That Eloy Jimenez home run was the real deal. That was, I mean, that was uh, an exclamation point. That guy can hit a baseball just about as anyone in the league right now uh he is he is the only good thing that is on the white Sox. yeah he's the one untouchable guy that's what uh intern austin was telling me this morning he follows chicago baseball just a little bit more closely than me yeah he's a he's a wonder man i I hope we can keep him on the south side for at least some extra time and and enjoy him um i wanted to talk uh, packers a little bit but i i read a story from jesse temple on the Badgers, um, some of their open practices that they've had. And I wanted to point out something from his article. Uh, I, I think that, you know, we, we look at players, right, and we don't think they, they can get any better. Like Braylon Allen, oh, you know, he's 17. How many times do we hear that? And that he's just amazing. He's running for all these yards. He's catching uh, – he's doing, doing all this stuff for the team. And there was a point in that article that I read – that he ran over a safety, put him out of practice for two days, and then when he came back, he had a yellow jersey on for non-contact. So is this guy getting stronger and faster and better? I honestly think so. I think that he's going to have a better season than he's had the last two years, and I think that's really saying something. I think Braylon Allen lives and breathes and eats football he sleeps football you know me and mike we're taking naps mike's taking medical induced naps you know and i'm I'm envious of that i think braylon allen naps just so he can dream about football like braylon allen i've talked to a couple people and you know we got zach heilprin who does his podcast and he's at practice every day so i could ask zach too but i've talked to other people in radio who have a chance to you know interview braylon allen or have him on as a guest and i'm like what's he like and and my buddy who's had him on a show once or twice he's like he just doesn't really say much he doesn't really do much. He just kind of is all about football all the time. And is for someone that age, I mean, I think that's pretty rare. I think there's a lot of kids in college who are good at football and they're committed, but, you know, they do college things and it's social. And I, I think for Braylon Allen, man, this is his, his full-time job 24-7 is getting better at football. Yeah, absolutely. I just uh, taking that away from the article was it was the biggest thing I took away um, that he is just bowling guys over a practice still um, and getting better at it. So I think that we're going to be surprised at how much they use him in the flat and on screen passes this year and like bubble screens um, to get him out into open space, especially spreading the field out. Um, you know, they're they're wanting to do more. I know him and Malusi are uh, eager to catch the football as well out of the backfield. So I'm, I'm really excited to see that. Um, and excited to see the progress of uh, Nick Evers, too. I mean, um, his command has really gotten better from what I'm reading, um, and his execution is just its, it's just really thriving. I'm excited to see how some of these other quarterbacks develop behind Mordecai this year, and I'm interested to see the ways in which the running game looks differently because we've watched power running with the Badgers my entire life, really, really this whole era you know, six clouds or six yards in a cloud of dust, six clouds in a yard of dust, you know, same thing. The running game, I think, is still going to be prolific if if past teams and past situations is any indicator with Phil Longo. I think we're going to see a great prolific running game, but it's going to look a little bit different than we're used to. And I think that's going to be fun. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, 
I think it's going to be very fun. And your last caller, Mike, hit it on the head with the Packers. Just preach patience. Yeah. That's all it is. When Jordan Love looked, it, despite that missed throw to, to uh, um, was that Musgrave? Yeah. Um, despite that missed throw, he looked really good, went through the motions, went through his uh, progressions, uh, made good decisions with the football. Uh, you can't ask for any more than that. I mean, I, he, they're they're playing it safe with him a little bit on some of these uh, short digs and some of these flats and things like that. So that's okay. I think they're preaching patience to us in the way they're calling plays, and that's really okay. Yeah, it's a good place to start that preseason game. I, I don't love seeing Jordan list or Jordan Love missing layups. I don't love that. But if that's the worst thing that he's doing and that starts to get better and we see less and less of that over the preseason, all right, that's a half-decent place to start. I'm woefully late for a break, Mike, so i got to run, but I hope we talk a lot more throughout football season. Let's go. We will for sure, man. Take it easy. Yeah, you as well. Mike in Windsor is back. I also have a correction to make. Matt in Cross Plains, who our resident uh, Cubs fan, tweeted me. Uh, I think I said it was Eloy Jimenez who hit that home run last night. It was Luis Robert. Thank you, Matt. And don't say, come on. I was watching the Brewers. I, I caught up in the other game and highlights. You, you should be praising me that I knew that that happened at all. Wow, Grant, you're such a holistic baseball fan. It wasn't enough that you watched Brewers-Dodgers last night until midnight. You also looked around the rest of the league, and you noticed that the, the Cubs lost to the White Sox on a late-inning blast. Sorry, Grant. It's easy to, to confuse Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez. They're both equally irrelevant in the, in the White Sox and the South Side right now. Sorry, Matt. I don't know why I'm yelling at you. Yeah, if I said Eloy Jimenez, I meant Luis Robert. Five minutes and we're back on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Been a wet and wild show so far. Matt and Cross Plains, just fact-checking the show. Appreciate that. Holding me accountable. That's what Cone Roller is about as well. Cone Roller, and if you follow him on Twitter, you'll see plenty of this. He's about holding the media accountable. He put Ben Brust on blast for a video that he posted at Packers training camp today. I also think kind of my, my big overarching thing on the Packers today. This year might not be great. They might not win as many games. They probably won't contend for a playoff spot. They almost certainly won't contend for a Super Bowl. And that sucks. But that's the reality of this season. And the Packers and Brian Gutekinds and Matt LaFleur would be wise to take advantage of everything that comes along with a season where you're not expected to win a Super Bowl. You can play young guys. You can let young guys make mistakes. You can coach and you can uh, decide on personnel and you can decide on game plans with not just this year in mind, but next year and the year after. And that's something that's been impossible with Aaron Rodgers. And that's a blessing and a curse, right? It's a blessing to be able to go all in to try to win a Super Bowl. It's also a curse to forget about next year's team, forget about the development of young guys, forget about the health of the salary cap. The Packers can now start considering those things, developing their young guys, letting the young guys make mistakes, getting the salary cap back to the place that it needs to be where it's balanced and and a bunch of money isn't pushed out into the future. You can take time to develop a rookie kicker. You can let Jaden Reed play and take his lumps week to week. You can develop offensive linemen and shuffle them around, figure out where they work. There's a lot of advantages that the Packers can exploit in a season where they're not going all in to win the Super Bowl. They should not go about this season the same way they've gone about past seasons. If they do that, 
they're going to win eight or nine games, probably not make the playoffs, and waste a great opportunity to develop young guys and to get the money right and, and to really improve as a team and in his organization and, and fail to take an opportunity to take a next step towards creating the next group of contending Packers. Does that make sense? The pressure of Super Bowl or bust is gone, and that sucks because that means a chance at a Super Bowl is gone, at least for now. That also means, you know, some of the restrictions have been lifted. Some of the pressures have been lifted, and the Packers are free to do this, that, and the other thing. They need to take advantage of this opportunity. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Matt and Cross Plains. Matt and Cross Plains. I'm sorry, Matt. I didn't mean to blow up at you on Twitter. I guess I was more frustrated with myself. I need to know the difference between Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez. That's on me. No, see, I, the come on was more for Mike and Windsor because, first of all, he said, uh, my White Sox took care of the Cubs for you, and then he didn't know who hit the home run. So that that wasn't on you. That was on him. Well, and, and maybe, on, Mike. maybe Mike You're and Windsor. Fan, you gotta know. Yeah, and maybe Mike and Windsor was doing uh, something that I sometimes do with callers. When when a caller says a name or a team, and I know that they're wrong, and, and they would know that they're wrong if I corrected them, but I don't want to, you know, put them on blast on the radio. Maybe Mike was just protecting oh. me. And you said, screw that. Grant yeah. better get it right. He's on the radio. Yeah. I took the uh, cone roller school of uh, sports talk calling in, so I'm trying <laughs> to, uh, you know, trying to do that. And yeah. what, what got me or prompted me to call in was cone roller talking about Ben Brust, who I actually just met uh, a couple weeks ago at uh, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse while they were doing their radio show there, which was pretty interesting because, yeah, you know, Ben Brust, most memorable shot ever, one of the most memorable shots ever, I would think, top ten maybe, yeah. when he hit the half quarter against Michigan. Um, and speaking of, you know, former Badger athletes I've met or almost ran into, this is a true story. In 1996, when I was a freshman, I'm dating myself, yes, I know, uh, at the UW-Madison campus, I almost hit Ron Bain when he was riding his moped. I could have altered the history of Wisconsin football, but luckily my, uh, you know, anti-lock brakes or whatever kicked in. And, uh, yeah, I just I didn't hit him, so it was good. Oh my then, God! Uh, it would it would have been like right. a, a real life version of when uh, Mark Wahlberg shoots Derek Jeter in the other yeah. guys. <laughs> Cost sure, him the yeah, World exactly. Series. Oh my God! And that and then and then it, same same year, uh, Aaron Gibson, if you remember him, big offensive lineman. So mm-hmm. you know when you're riding in an elevator from like the seventh floor of your dorm and it stops on the second floor. Well, my elevator didn't have a dorm or air conditioning, so yeah. let me stop you right there. Uh, but yes, I understand well, elevators. People would get kind of ticked off, you know, because it stopped at the second floor. But little did oh. we know, uh, Aaron Gibson was getting on the elevator. Uh, and then my last uh, athlete that I met uh, at UW was Frank Kaminsky during his junior year on State Street. Got a nice picture of him and my son together. Oh. Grown men were jumping out of their cars to get his autographs. And it was it was wild. He had really bad hair back then, but now he's got really great hair. But he's also a White Sox fan, so I'm in a little uh, Twitter battle royale with him or DMing, so because he loves the White Sox. So. Mm. Well, I appreciate no, that the White Sox took care of your Cubs last night. I, I needed that little bit yeah, of breathing what a, room. What a, what a horrendous game, but everybody lost, so nothing changed except there's one less game to play. So yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens tonight. I did wear my Nico Horner jersey, so maybe that was the problem. I'm going to wear my Dansby Swanson jersey today. So, And then uh, for the first Packers game, I, I did get a really cool military-style Christian Watson jersey. Ooh. Never had a Packer jersey, so that's what I'm going to – that's who I'm rooting for this year. He's my guy. Mm, Love to watch him. We're going to hear it a lot this year. Love to watch him. I appreciate that. And if you end up in Green Bay going to a game, please drive slowly and don't run into one of the players when they're out walking around their neighborhood or something. <laughs> I'm glad you did not yeah, okay. smoke Ron Dane off the side of his moped. 
Yeah, I remembered it very vividly, and I was like, oh, who's this guy? You know, because back then, you know, I mean, they still ride the mopeds around, but it was even, seemed like everybody had them back then. It's a little less now. But, uh, yeah, it was scary. Appreciate you, Matt. I got to take one last break of the hour, and thank you for uh, holding me accountable on Twitter, always. Oh, I'm always going to hold you accountable when it comes to the Cubs and whoever they're playing. So, all right, talk to you later, Grant. Thank you. Matt and Cross Plains, a little bit of a fact checker. Nay, a facts provider when it comes to what's going on with the Cubs on a night-to-night basis because I can't watch two games at once, or I I choose not to. I don't want to watch two games at once. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back, wrap up hour number one of the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Got a break for a sports update here in about two minutes. You know, Matt and Cross Plains talking about how he bought a Christian Watson jersey. And I was thinking about Christian Watson over the break. This idea that the Packers have an opportunity this season. Yeah, it's not an opportunity to contend for a Super Bowl and to win at the highest level. At least I don't think so. But it's an opportunity that they haven't had really since Aaron Rodgers became good in 2009. An opportunity to play young guys, develop young guys, get the salary cap figured out, make a game plan that goes farther than just a couple of months into the future. And think of Christian Watson. Think of how much differently his season would have gone last year, for example, if Jordan Love was the quarterback. Maybe he wouldn't have put up the stats, but, you know, that throw in week one, the way that that almost just kind of decided and dictated his entire rookie year, I don't think that would have been the case if Jordan Love would have been the quarterback. That set such a, a tone for his season last year, and that probably wouldn't have been the case without Aaron Rodgers or without Super Bowl or bust expectations. Packers have an opportunity this year. I know it's hard to see it that way, but you got to treat it that way, and the Packers have to treat it that way. Have to take advantage of every opportunity that they get in a very different season with very different personnel. Let's take a two-minute break. Tony in Texas is on hold. Tony, I'll get to you. Any other callers? David Gasper coming up at 5.30 as well. Wisco Sports Show, back in two minutes. Jordan Love. I know you don't want to hear this. He is what I was told throughout the offseason I thought he would be. He's a game manager. There's no special day. There's no special this day. is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. A couple of tweets before we get back into the swing of the show. This is a good moment to catch up. You know, a little professional reset, if you will. Uh, Matt and Cross Plains sending some tweets first half of the show, making sure I get my players' names right. No, it was not Eloy Jimenez. It was Luis Robert. Sorry. Got to know my White Sox better. Cone Roller, uh, UW alum, says City of Madison nerfed mopeds. No more parking on the sidewalk. Only in designated parking spots that you pay for. Probably why we've seen a decline in moped ridership. Well, you know what they say. Dane County would privatize the air and make you pay for that if they if they could. No one says that, but it's not surprising. We're going to wring every penny out of those college kids and their mopeds that we can. Lord knows they can't afford a car. we got to make sure they can't afford a moped either. Melissa says, not UW athletes, but we used to run into Chris Farley and Tom Arnold the campus bars on mid-90s football weekends. Chris Farley is so missed. Yeah, that's... 
It's a bummer. Chris Farley. I can't add anything to that other than I agree. The most famous person I ever met? Uh, I didn't meet him. I, I shared an elevator with James Jones in Milwaukee two summers ago. That was pretty funny. Donald Driver was at the bar. We had just come from a Brewers game. You know what? I'm going to bring Tony in Texas in here because, Tony, you're a Milwaukee man through and through. You've been to the big hot spots over the years, right? You've been to all the 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 happening bars and the clubs and all those places. I mean, is that wrong to say that about you? Well, kind of, sort of, Grant. But I will say the most famous basketball player I ever met, I've met Jordan, but the coolest interaction I ever had was with Larry Bird. Ooh. And I was probably about... 12 years old, the high, the, the old uh, Mecca, mm-hmm. there was a, uh, a skywalk. Like, you could walk over from the Hyatt Hotel to the arena. And I, my buddies and I were, like, 12 years old. We run down and find Larry Bird, and my buddy goes, hey, Larry, do you have any wristbands for us? And he goes, don't need them. And he gives <laughs> us an autograph. That's I thought that cool. was the coolest thing ever, man. That's a flex. I didn't run into anybody in a skywalk, but I was two summers ago staying with a couple buddies at the St. Kate's The Arts Hotel in downtown Milwaukee. I don't know if it's always been called that. I don't know if you know what hotel that is, but pretty nice place. It was, there was a, a jazz club in the lobby, and I, being the smart man that I am, packed a, a nice spiffy change of clothes, you know, a nice button-ups, nice pants, right. because we were going to a brewer game during the day, but I thought, hey, our hotel's pretty nice. You know, if we want to fit in in the lobby, I'll bring some nice clothes. None of my buddies did. It's 85 degrees and it's raining. So we get soaked and we come back to our hotel after the Brewer game and we're dripping and sweaty and wet. And there's literally Donald Driver, James Jones and others sitting at the bar in our hotel. We walk in, we look homeless. They look at us like, what are these knobs doing here? I'm just saying, if we would have had a nice change of clothes, Donald Driver might be sitting next to me in studio right now. Who knows? I could have networked. I could have, you know, I could have brought one of those guys on and convinced him to be a Packers analyst on my show once a week. But none of my friends brought a change of clothes. So here we are. Cool, cool stuff. Actually, yeah. the, the most famous people I ever met, I don't know if you remember this show, News Radio. My buddy yep. was a paramedic on that set. Got to meet them all, man. Phil Hartman, John Lovitz, Damn. Rogan, all these guys. And they were the coolest guys ever. I always loved Rogan on Fear Factor. And I loved Phil Hartman. And it kind of, that that guy gets lost in history. But anyway, hey, so Grant just got a good haircut and a shave. I love a good haircut and a shave. Mm -hmm. I feel very very Don Draper-like today. So self-love is important. Mm -hmm. You got to, like, talk about, you know, yourself once in a while, look in the mirror. And you know what, Grant? I gave you a prediction about a month ago the Brewers threatened to move to Nashville. I was right again. Well, I, they've no doubt threatened to go to Nashville. I still they don't. Yeah, yeah, it is a political ploy. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. On your show, I said the Brewers will threaten to move to Nashville. They'll put it out there. I gave you the city and everything, and they're absolutely doing it. You know, there's a show called Billions on Showtime right now, mm-hmm. and, and Mark A is not a billionaire yet. He might want to be a no, billionaire. He's not. So. I wouldn't take this lightly. I know everyone's like, oh, they're not going to move. It's more, They don't give a damn about you or me. They care about the bottom line. You know. They care about the, the Benjamins. That's what it's all about, Grant. I, wake up. I do. Wake up. I do think the Brewers care about the fans in the community more than you are making it seem like. Here's all I'll say about the Brewers. The Brewers have it pretty good and that we go to games Rain or shine, literally, because there's roof. But also, when the team is good, when the team is bad, 
I feel like not just the city of Milwaukee, but the entire state of Wisconsin makes an effort to get to a Brewers game, maybe more than one throughout the course of the summer. And there is a real culture around this team in sports radio and on and on Twitter. Like this team has gone 20 years without ever being relevant. And this fan base, there's still a culture to it. There's still a following. And I, I don't know. The Brewers have it a lot better than I think sometimes people think they do in Milwaukee. Yeah. But you move to Nashville, you got Carrie Underwood at the game, Tim McGraw, Dave Phil, got all these country people going to your baseball games. Doesn't Antonaccio, isn't he in the Hollywood scene in L.A.? I have no, I don't, I have no idea. Is he? Do you know more than me? He is. I think he he produces movies and such. So just something to be look out for. Just another prediction I got right. (laughs) What do you think, uh, Jordan Love and the Packers? Real quick before I let you go, any any comments on training camp? Hey, you and I didn't talk over what I wanted to talk about, but I do want to talk about that. Yeah. So, I, dude, I'm getting excited about the Packers. I didn't think I would. They did a, a jet sweep to Luke Musgrave today, and I saw clips of that on Twitter. Like, they have some young, exciting players. I might be more excited to watch Luke Musgrave, Jaden Reed, Dubs and Watson in year two. We, for the first time in forever, have a young crop, a brand-new crop of playmakers, and I'm so excited to see what they can do. We've got a couple of tight ends. It's amazing. And it's Musgrave, if he's next Kelsey, God bless us. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for the Packers. And, you know, they, they have a good offensive line. They, they've got some weapons at tight ends, the young receivers. If Jordan Love plays above average, I think they'll average, you know, 24 to 27 points a game maybe. I think it's possible. Yeah. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what's – I don't know the, the... – the scoring output, I don't know the record. I don't know what the stats are going to say. I will turn on my TV, I think, excited every Sunday to watch some of these young guys and to see what they can do and to see how they progress and to see what Matt LaFleur's offense looks like. Tony, you're a reasonable man, but I, but I think there's a lot of Packer fans who are maybe not over Aaron Rodgers leaving or, or maybe not fully bought into a, a little bit of a rebuild here and we're going to need to adjust our expectations, like Cone Roller said back about an hour ago. I, I got to disagree with Cone. Wow. I think the expectations are there, man. Jordan loves in year four. This team is very 2008-like. I know the Packers finished 6-10 and 10 that year. I was going to say, but, but they went 6-10. and Yeah. was very close to being 11-5. 11, 11 and five. Sure. Their, their defense let them down, and I, that's what I worry about this team, the defense. So I'm going to ask you before I leave, Grant, out of the three units, special teams, defense, and offense, what's your biggest concern and what's the biggest strength? Okay, one more time. Do you want to ask me that, just so I get it clear? Okay, the three units of, of the team, special teams, defense, and offense, which one's the strength, which one's the weakness? All right, I'm going to think about that. I'm going to answer that. Do you have an answer before I, I let you go? Kicker. I don't oh, trust the kicker. I don't trust their kicker. I trust Rich Bisaccia, though. Does that make sense? Yeah, he's not kicking the field goals, though, Grant. Yeah, but he's he's grooming the guy who's going to kick field goals. And he was the guy who was in charge of the turnaround of Daniel Carlson, this guy's older brother in Vegas, when he turned from True. a bust who flunked out of Minnesota to one of the best kickers in football. Yeah, and if you do know your Packer history, someone said they're not going to cut this kicker. Well, if you go back to 1997, Ron Wolf drafted a guy named Brett Conway out of, I think, the third round out of Penn State. Didn't make it out of training camp. Guess who they picked up? Ryan Longwell? Ryan Longwell. Damn, you're good, Grant. That's well, the business, buddy. 
Ryan Longwell, absolutely. A little bit of an educated guess. But, Tony, I appreciate you. I want to think about the strengths and the weaknesses of this team. We're going to keep talking hey, about me, that. Let me listen. I'll listen, off, I'll listen offline. Thanks, Grant. All you're right, the yeah. best, bud. Yeah, you got it, Tony. No, you're the best. Tony, you're the best. Appreciate you calling in and chatting. You met you met Larry Bird in a skyway. They used to just happen back in the day. My mom tells me stories when they went to County Stadium. They just hang out in the parking lot and wait for the players to come out to their car and sign autographs. And I want to sarcastically say 9-11 ruined everything, but I, at some point the society did wise up to, you know, protecting famous people and famous things and, and a little bit more. I don't know if that's if there's a direct correlation there and, and professional athletes signing autographs, but I feel like it's part of it. Thank you, Tony, for the call. 608-321-1670. The biggest strength of this team? <sighs> It should be the defense, right? Think about veterans. Think about players who have been an all-pro or a pro bowler or who have had great seasons before. Think of Jair, Kenny Clark, uh, a player like Devondre Campbell, who was an all-pro just two years ago. Quay Walker, very high draft pick. Devontae Wyatt, very high draft pick. A lot of the first-rounders on this team are all on defense. The players that should be leading the charge are on defense. The players that have been there, done that, are for the most part on defense. I know the offense has David Bakhtiari, but all of the high-level, experienced players are on defense. And a lot of the first-round picks are on defense. So that should be the unit that leads the way. That should be the unit that makes life easier on the other units. You know, we talked with, was it Andy Herman a couple of weeks ago? wasn't Pete Bukowski. Who was on Bill's show a couple of weeks ago that I was probably referencing from four to six? I can't remember who it was. Mike Renner, Eric Eager. I'm getting closer. It was one of those guys. Said, in a perfect world, the Packers do a really good job running the ball and a really good job playing defense. And, and that's the bread and butter of their team. Not saying they're the 85 Bears or what the Badgers were like uh, a couple of those years under Paul Chris, where the defense was so stupid good. They could win games just on defense. That's not what I'm saying. This isn't the 2015 Broncos. The Packers defense just needs to be very good and keep games under wraps, keep games under control. Don't let games run away. If Jordan Love comes out and he has a rough first quarter and he throws a pick or a wide receiver has a bad drop on third down, they can't get the ball back down 14 to nothing, 17 to nothing, right? The defense has got to keep these games within arm's reach. The defense needs to create an environment every week where the offense can go out there and the offense doesn't have to be perfect all the time for games to be competitive. I understand the Packers are probably going to lose a lot of games this year, like 21-17, 24-18. scores like that where the Packers are hopefully within shooting distance. They're within shouting distance, shooting distance, reaching distance, whatever. You get the visual. They're right there but didn't have it in the two-minute or it was one turnover that did them in. I don't want the Packers to be in a lot of games where it's 27-7, 24-3. The defense has to prevent that. The defense has to keep their arms around these games and keep them contained, right? Kind of no doubles, right? You think of baseball, you play no doubles defense. The Packers defense needs to keep the ball in front of them. Just keep the game in control so the offense can operate and, and play and learn and develop and grow. The defense, I, I think, establishes that. The defense has to be very competent. It has to execute very well. Leaning on a Joe Barry-led unit to do that makes me a little nervous, I guess. 
But if we just line up all the players in a big line, a lot of the all pros are on defense. A lot of the experienced players, the first round picks, pro bowlers, they're on defense. The veterans, they're on defense. So I think the defense has to be the strength. Not to say that the offense is going to be the weakness. I don't know that this team has a weakness. Kicker right now might be a weakness. I'm starting to trust special teams under Rich Bisaccia a lot more. The Packers offense might have weak units or, or, or weak moments. Let's put it that way. They might have a moment in a game where it's like, man, Jordan Love made a rookie mistake there. Or Jaden Reed made a rookie mistake there. And, and at the end of the day, that's that one play is the reason why the Packers lose a game. It's actually not a bad way to go throughout a season. If the Packers lose three or four games because Jordan Love made a mistake here or a young player made a mistake here, okay, as long as Jordan Love is improving and growing and getting better, it's actually not the end of the world if they lose a couple of close games because that means they get a better draft pick, right? They're almost set up better moving forward, assuming Jordan Love is progressing. And I, I don't cheer for my own team to lose. But again, this season is a little bit of an opportunity with lots of young players to play and grow and learn and develop and inevitably make mistakes the Packers need to find a way to take advantage of that and turn this season into an asset and not a liability relative to the last 15 years when it was Super Bowl or bust every single year 608-321-1670 let's take one call before we go to break David Gasper on the horizon at 530 welcome to the Wisco Sports Show who's this Grant what's up Brett What's up, buddy? Well, I'm a little pissed at you, to be honest. And I'm I'm partly kidding, but I'm also not. Because you called the Bill Michaels show yesterday and basically just trolled me. And I didn't appreciate that. You can do that on this show, I guess, because I'm not really going to give it back to you. I didn't really appreciate you doing that on Bill's statewide network yesterday. Oh, you mean the, the Bill Michaels and Packers suck? Yeah, you called the Bill Michaels. Well, hold on. For those who maybe didn't hear this, you called in right as I was taking over for Bill and you, yeah. I picked up the phone. I said, welcome to the Bill Michaels show. Who's this? And it's your dumb voice going, Bill Michaels yep. sucks. The Packers suck. And then when I yep. said, oh, haha, is this Brett? You hung up the phone. No, no, I hung up before that. Okay. Okay. Why'd but, you do that? I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, either way, it's not the, it, it's the truth. Okay, why did you think that was it's but it's his show? I don't care. Do I walk into Listen, your house at night Bill, and and tell Bill, you that you Bill's suck in front joke. of your family? No, Bill's a joke. How is Bill a joke? Because he's the one person to complain about Aaron Rodgers but doesn't stop talking about Aaron Rodgers. We, we barely talked at all about Aaron Rodgers. You got to stop. You got to get no, this through you your head. We're, we're not all obsessed with Aaron Rodgers. We barely talked about Rodgers at all today. I don't even know that Bill brought him up. Where do you get this? No, you're right. And and I love you, Grant. And I love everything to do with you. Okay. But Bill went, except for today. Today, he didn't talk much about him. But every other time, all. it's all about Rodgers. And he's a hater, so he sucks. Well, okay. Well, you can call in on this show and talk about it. I don't need you calling Bill's show. I'm glad you called today, Brett, because I wanted to yell at you about that. Let's take a three-minute break. Wisco Sports Show back after this. David Gasper coming up to talk Brewers. Don't miss it. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Frisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Talking Packers, also telling stories of the most famous people that we've ever met. I don't know who the most famous person I've ever met is. Tony in Texas met Larry Bird. Melissa, one of our big Madison listeners and tweeters, met Chris Farley. It's pretty cool. I get James Jones in an elevator. Is that really the most famous person I've ever met? And I'm not throwing shade at James Jones. I very famous. Good. I mean, great. Good Packers career. Now he's in media. I saw he's on Fox Sports One earlier today. It's just if James Jones is the most famous person I met, shared an elevator with him. I didn't say anything. I could have. I'd been like, oh, I, I loved how you used to catch balls for the Packers. I, I didn't have anything to say. I had nothing to say, so I just I didn't say anything. We just awkwardly shared an elevator ride. And that was that. That was it. I think he might have been with the Raiders. He was just wrapping up with the Raiders at the time. This is a couple years ago, so I don't know how many years out of the league he was. I can't remember. David Gasper is going to join us in about 10 minutes to talk Brewers. I had to text Gasper because I am out of Twitter DMs for the day. I'm not a Twitter Blue subscriber, uh, and they limit DMs. And Gasper's like, that's a lot of DMs, dude. I'm like, mm, is it for someone who's on Twitter all day? <laughs> I think I ran out of DMs by noon. It didn't take very long. It, it was kicked off of DMs pretty quickly today. Thanks, Elon. Let's take a call real quick. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hey, it's Uncle Packer, Mike from Eau Claire. How you doing? Mike from Eau Claire. I'm doing great, Mike. How you been? You been up north at all? No, I uh, spent most of June and part, first part of July up fishing in the Lowlands. And I just got back from the weekend. We were on like 10 days in San Diego. Oh. I went out and soaked my soul in the Pacific every day. It was awesome. I loved it. Man, loved the you've had a rough summer, there. Mike. Holy smoke. Sucks yeah, to be you. I'm pretty good. <laughs> pretty well, good as right. retired, you know? Yeah. It's the best thing ever. I got to say something about that last call with Brett, you know? Yeah. I, mean, I kind of see where a little bit where he's coming from. You know, because, I mean, I do like Bill Michaels, and I do listen to his show because I like his content. But, you know, somebody calls himself the big unit. You know, maybe the average guy's thinking he's overcompensate for something, you know. But, I mean, he's got good content on his show, and, and I I really like that you're on there with him. I think that's going to be a great stepping stone for your career, and you're going to get that time slot and probably go nationwide. We'll all know Grant was – we remember – when we could talk to Grant Wisco on our local radio. Well, okay, so so, so here, here's Wisco. the thing. Not a, not everyone needs to like Bill. Not everyone needs to like me. I'm very annoying. I have right. a grating voice. I can be a little whiny, and I probably talk too much brewers for some people. But if someone were filling in on the show, like if yeah. intern Austin like finally got a chance to do the show or Zach Heilpern was filling in and someone called in and the only thing they said was Grant sucks and then they hung up the phone, like, yeah. come on, Brett, that, we're supposed no, to be... It's really wrong. Ugh. It's really wrong. I mean, that was wrong. I don't understand why you do that. It's kind of childish. If you don't like his show, don't listen to him. Yeah. Uh, no one's making you listen. And... Switch over to 9 to New McCoon. You know? I mean, yeah. I've been known to... You know what I'm saying? But the deal is, is that, you know, I, I can... Under, he has a little radio sometimes but he's got great content i love his packer takes i don't agree with him all the time but you know i mean it's like that's that's what you do it's like sometimes i listen to colin cowherd yeah. just to get stirred up a little bit yeah know? sometimes you want to get uh, riled up a little bit I, I i like that yeah yeah i like it too i like i like the, the, the just great wisconsin content you know and um i enjoy 
your show more, but I do enjoy listening to Bill too. Yeah. So um, I did was able to uh, get on the uh, internet and listen to you a couple of days when I was in California, and I appreciate. It. I wanted to just say something about our Brewers. You know, I really hope they can step up to the big stage tonight, and they need to win tonight. I don't want to get swept. I really think they can win tonight. Must win? You know, Is that what you're saying with Wade Miley on I the hill? Win. With Wade Miley on the hill against Kershaw, I really need to win. I need the bats to come alive. Man, it was great with the White Sox. It's been so great listening to the Brewers and watching the Brewers and Bob Euchre and everything. And, and you can't talk too much Brewers for me, Grant. I love it. I love it. I'm really excited about our baseball team. Well, yeah, and when football season starts, I'll, you know, I won't talk nearly as much Brewers, but... I mean, right now, I, I don't know about a must-win tonight, but with Wade Miley on the hill, I cross my fingers, especially because the offense can't be this bad two nights in a row, right? I should be careful I when I say that. I get them. Joe Boo needs some rum. We need to get them bats heated up. You know, they're kind of scared of the curveball. Hey, but I was really impressed with Hauser. I mean, he had twice. He had runners on second and third and two outs and struck out the next two. He's impressive. I, I was great. I'm, he was pitching proud. so well last night. I was. I don't know yeah. that I've ever seen him look that good. No, I, I was, yeah, me neither. I was, and I love these nine ten games. This is nice because it's like bedtime in the bedtime in the Brewers. You know, it's like <laughs> it's awesome. You Brewers know? in bed, they go hand in hand, Mike. I love turning they on the do. bedroom TV, tucking myself in, yeah. getting ready for a game, and it's slow. Yeah, it's, I love, I love it. I do the same thing. I'm looking forward to tonight. I'm a fan. Um, I'm, uh, I just want to say I'm, I'm happy to be back in my. Beautiful Wisconsin, and this is a great time of year. I like the way the Packers' preseason game looked. I really did. I know we don't can't put too much in preseason. You know, if you listen to the talking heads, um, everybody, with the exception of Cowherd, said that Jordan Love looked pretty good. And I'm just hoping. I'm hoping. I'm optimistic. I'm hoping he's the real deal. You know what I mean? That would be something amazing. You know, I'm hoping so, too. No, I'm with you. He looked fine. It was a good starting point. And it's okay to have fun and get excited about the preseason. They play the games. We watch them. What, are we supposed to ignore them? No. They put them on TV for a reason. He had a real nice pass today, like a 75-yard over the top to uh, number nine there. And it was beautiful. I mean, it was. he he showed his speed, nice arm, good pass, right on, right in stride. It was beautiful. Yeah, um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm looking forward to a good year. Well, yeah, I really like that, that read, um, yeah. that Jaron Reed. I think Spunky. Uh, J- uh, J- well, now I'm second guess. I think it's Jalen, J- Jaden Reed. I, I was like, it's Jayden, not Jalen. It's not Jaron. They had a Jaron on the defensive line. It's Jaden Reed. Yeah. Jaden Reed. He, boy, he, he looks like he's the real deal. I hope so. I just, I, I just, but you know, I mean, I was, I was a big Blake Martinez fan. I almost bought a Blake Martinez jersey. You know what I mean? It's like I just get a hold of anybody, and I, you know, if they're a Packer, they're the best I think in the position. You know, but yeah, but we get excited. That's cool. what we're supposed yeah, to do. We're we fans, Mike. That's what we do. But it's not like you know, in San Diego, there's so much more to do. That's why they don't have fans. You know, you can surf. You can, you can, you know, every day of the week, you you can do something other than watch sports. But when you get back here, we get a little snow flying. You know, it's like we turn into the tube. You know, and that's. They don't do that there, you know. That's why they have such a fair weather fan base, you know. Fair um, weather, literally, because the weather is so fair, fair in a good fair, way. Yeah, it's literally, and yeah, I guess literally, <laughs> they have fair weather fans, you know. Yeah. When you can surf every day, you know, I love that. I mean, did you go surfing? I'm from, well, no, I'm too old now, but I did. I, I joined the Navy at 17, and I was in San Diego for most of my Navy career. 
And I learned to surf when I was at 18, 19, 20. And it's, it's something you got to learn young. And it's a violent sport. It'll beat the hell out of you. I don't know if I can say it on the radio. It'll it's beat you up. I perfed my eardrum to a shoulder. I've done a lot of stuff surfing where I never got hurt in football and baseball and basketball and stuff like that. But you learn. It's like riding a bike. Once you learn how to do it, you can. I could, Now I ride a longboard. It's like, you know, you, it's like. It's like you get on out past the break, you catch a wave, and it's like riding a sidewalk in the shore. But it's still oh. cool. You're still out there. You know what I mean? It's fun. Well, so. yeah. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed your trip to San Diego. Good to have you back stateside yeah. in our beautiful state of Wisconsin. Looking forward to a good football season, Michael. Let's talk again soon. Hey, thanks for the great show, and you have a great day, and we'll talk soon. Yeah, I appreciate you. Uncle Packer in Eau Claire. It's been a bit. It was nice to hear from Mike in Windsor, Mike in Eau Claire as well. Put bread on blast. Put him on blast. That was Bush yesterday. Did not appreciate that, Brett. Twitter at Wisco Grant. Our next guest, David Gasper on Twitter at DGasper24. Going to take a break. Get Gasper on the horn. Talk some brewers with him. Brewers Dodgers. Wade Miley versus Clayton Kershaw. Two of the best in baseball. <laughs> Squaring off tonight. We'll talk with Gasper next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports show. The masses are uh, talking on Twitter right now. I see Jerry and Cone and Oda Bam and St. Paul Schmidt all talking about the uh, the calling performance of Brett and Lacrosse. The masses are not happy, Brett. If you're listening, so uh, I don't know. There there might be a meeting to be had about what we're going to do about you. You've been a little bit out of pocket the last few weeks. That's all I'm saying, Brett. You're on thin ice. Thin ice. Brewers are not on thin ice. They they would be on thinner ice after last night. Uh, after basically being shut down by the Cubs, but or or but by the Dodgers, I should say, but the Cubs lost last night as well, ended the Reds. So I guess last night is kind of a wash. At least I stayed up late to watch it, right, David Gasper? At least we stayed up until almost midnight to watch the Brewers get two hits. We did. We stayed up late. I, I had a few more interior decorations than you did, but uh, we, we stayed up all, all through the night. Yeah, so, okay, let, let's get into this. I posted a picture of myself laying in bed watching the Brewers because it's West Coast. It's, it's a thing that I do. I don't know. It's stupid. It's a long season. you got to find a way to spice it up. And, and I expected people to mock my TV because it's small. What's wrong with some some beautiful, clean walls? I like a nice uncluttered setup and you're coming to me because i don't have decorations where do you get off david gasper what's getting into you i'm i'm not coming at you for it i think it's i think it's great i think it it looked it looks the small tv really accentuated the fact that there was nothing else on the walls so a larger tv would certainly make up for that you have the excellent fish lamp okay that the fish really ties the room together but the, the smallness of the TV really makes the nothing on the walls stand out. When you, when, when you say, I'm not coming after you, I think it's great. I think it's okay. I, um, <laughs> you're, you're right about the, the relationship between the TV and the bare walls. It, it is quite a visual. But, hey, that's, you know, I, I do think the, those memes, and, and we were going back and forth about this today, the memes where it's like a TV on the ground, and a recliner, and that's anything that's all that's in the apartment. That's yeah. the perfect manly apartment. I agree. If that's all I could have in my house, that's all I'd have in my house. But unfortunately, life doesn't work that way. You know, I need a desk and 
you know, maybe a coffee table to put a drink on. But I, I don't know. I don't like buying right. more things than I need to. Well, uh, let's talk about last night. Adrian Hauser looked brilliant, and I feel like we should give him his flowers a little bit for an awesome start. What happened? I, I think the defense just started to just a little bit slip, and I think last night's a good example of if the Brewers play fine defense instead of awesome defense, this this strategy that they use, it falls apart very quickly. Yeah, they've got a very thin margin for error, and they had a couple of errors that really kind of cost them there. The Monasterio error, uh, just kind of letting that inning just really spiral out of control. Then just kind of some soft contact, just, just things just finding holes, and and you just see that happen after after an error like that. It just kind of uh, snowballs on them and, and ended up being a big inning for the Dodgers. So Adrian Hauser can – he is the – one pitcher on the Brewers who can least afford bad defense behind them. He can least afford errors yep. behind them. And the Brewers had two of them in that game. And that combined with the fact that their offense only got two hits uh, made it uh, very tough for for the Brewers to, to come back and, and win that one once they once they gave it up and those those errors gave a nice cushy lead to the Dodgers. It was it was tough sledding from there on out. I thought your cohort in the Brewers beat and in the Brewers media made an excellent point last night, as he often does. Adam McCalvey has a way with words. He's very good at what he does. And I saw him tweet last night, if you give a great team an inch, they'll take a mile. And I think that's a great point. If you don't play great defense against the Braves or a Dodgers, or if you make one mistake, they're going to take that and run with it. And all of a sudden, it's going to be four to nothing, five to nothing. You're going to look around and wonder what the heck just happened. And I think the noise that your phone just made is a good, uh, that's a good example of what I'm talking about. It, it'll run away from you. And I think that's what happened last night. The, the Brewers gave him an inch. The Dodgers took a mile. Yeah. And that's something that the Brewers need to get better at, at doing themselves. When other teams give them an inch, yes. they need to be able to take a mile and yes. take advantage of opportunities because we have seen time and time again with this team, other teams giving them opportunities either with errors or, or missed plays or whatever it is. They have runners on, runners in scoring position, and they don't take advantage as, as often as, as I think they should. Or, you know, maybe they get one run across or two runs across, but that easily should have been, could have been three or four runs. It should have been a much bigger inning than what the Brewers put across. The Brewers had the first two guys on in that first inning uh, against Miller, and they were only able to muster one run out of it you know they're, they're able to get a, a fly ball to get Yelich over to third then a fielder's choice to get Yelich home I mean with, with those two guys on to get this thing started the Brewers should be able to to string something together and, and get at least two out of that God, that's a really good point it, it seems too often like when the Brewers get a great scoring opportunity you know, maybe they score a run maybe two and you're left thinking as the inning ends, man, that could have been something bigger. That could have been something more. And when I watch a team like the Braves, I tell you what, Gasper, what was this, Monday night? I got a, I got a burrito on my way home, and I got home, and I sat down, and I turned on MLB Network because the Brewers were off. Yeah, that makes sense. Monday night, Brewers were off. And the Braves put up seven runs in what felt like ten minutes. The Braves are a team, when they get the, the wheel turning just a little bit, they just let it go and go and go, and they will stack runs like cordwood. The Brewers can't really do that. They don't get greedy offensively. You're absolutely right. That's a great point. Well, they're not the Braves or yeah. the Dodgers, so I, I guess it's understandable, but I don't know. They need to be better. Yeah, but if, if you're going to win the World Series, you've got you've to go through one of those teams at, at the very least. Yeah. Um, and and if, if you're going to beat them in a seven-game series or, or a five-game series or, or whatever series you're playing them, 
you have to be able to, to match them with that. You have to be able to stack runs yourselves because if they get any sort of opportunity, as good as the Brewers pitching staff has been at, at limiting them and as good as the defense is at limiting them, uh, if one of those happens, a, a whole game is just kind of sunk because the offense hasn't really shown an ability to put that together uh, to be able to compete with a team like the Dodgers or the Braves. God, that's an outstanding point. David Gasper reviewing the brew. He's on Twitter at dgasper 24 so the offense shakes out as Yelich and Contreras. Those are kind of the two guys that you're counting on. Freelick has shown some awesome bat-to-ball skill. You know, let's talk about Sal Freelick, David Gasper. He just what? does everything well. And his combination of skills, I've seen it a couple times the last few weeks, where he'll hit a single, you know, real nice, shoot the ball to the opposite field or squeak one through the gap. Then he'll steal second base or on the next hitter's single, he'll go from first to third and then he'll come in on a sack fly. He just does these little things here and there that result in runs. And and I I find that the Brewers score runs just because of Sal Freelich doing this thing or these two things. It's really impressive and he really helps this team win. Yeah, he really does. And we saw that last night too with with his first at bat, that first pitch to him was, it, it was out of the strike zone, but it's called a strike anyways. And, and Sal Freelick has been, like, getting railroaded on the strike zone. It seems like ever since he's been called up, he's getting the rookie strike zone that's so much wider than, than it should be and so much taller than it should be for him. And, and he gets a lot of calls that don't go his way. And he battled through that, that at that even afterwards. And he swung at a pitch that was out of the strike zone, but he was, but he was able to get it over to the right side of the infield and bring Yelich in on the ground ball. And he had enough speed to be able to avoid the double play to, to get the run in. So that was a good piece of hitting for him. And it just kind of shows his maturity and his approach at the plate and, and how good it is and how much the Brewers are going to be relying on him uh, going forward. And, and the fact that the Brewers don't really have anyone else like that, uh, how quick he got to 15 RBIs in his career, only – he did it faster than anyone in Brewers history. Mm-hmm. The, the record was held by Paul Molitor for years. Paul Molitor. That's who Sal Freelich has been in company with since he's been called up. I've had some Brewers fans, some callers, who have uh, been around longer than me who said, this guy reminds me of Paul Molitor. Just the skills he had. The igniter, right? And maybe that's that's why the yeah. nickname was what it was. That's very true of Sal Freelich as well. Like I'm saying, he can turn a single into a double or get from first to third on another hit and then score. He just he gets the ball rolling and he puts runs on the board or he contributes to scoring runs in every single way. And I wasn't around to watch Paul Molitor, but it was probably true of him as well. Before I let you go, Gasper, let's talk about Mark Canna and... Carlos, uh, why why do I always brain fart on his Santana. last name? Santana. I always want to say Carlos Gomez, and then my brain tells me that's not right, so my brain goes to Carlos Gonzalez. That's not it. Carlos Santana, let's talk about these two guys. Mark Canna had a great weekend against the Sox. Santana's seemingly finding some power. What are you seeing from their two deadline acquisitions? Yeah, I mean, those guys have, have been an improvement over what the Brewers were putting out there. It, it's an improvement over Rymel Tapia. Uh, it's an improvement over uh, what Rowdy Tellez was doing and, and oh, Jesse man. Winker has been doing. Um, you know, they, they still haven't been really in a groove yet. Mark Hanna, we saw it a little bit. He, he was starting to get going there um, and get some big hits. And, and Santana had the massive home run after the Brewers were already down five runs and, and it was a solo shot. But, you know, hey, it was, it was something. And, yeah, just – 
still trying to get going. And I think we see that a lot with, with bats that move at the trade deadline. They always kind of start slow with their new team, and, and they're trying to impress them and, and just kind of get going. And I feel like this isn't a new occurrence, not just to the Brewers, but, but even across the league, just the slow starts after being traded at the deadline. Mark Hanna, a good situational hitter. I like a guy that you can pull off the bench late in a game or, or put into a certain situation and be confident. That's something you need in September and in October if the Brewers are going to get there and continue to play well. Lastly, I saw an article today from Tom Verducci. I think it was Tom Verducci about Craig Council winning one score yeah. games. Yeah, Tom Verducci, Sports Illustrated. Um, no, no, it wasn't. Do I have that right? No, I'm not trusting myself. No, it was, it was Tom Verducci. It was. Yeah. Okay, okay. I've gotten a couple things wrong. Listeners called me out. I, I said earlier in the show that uh, Eloy Jimenez hit the winner for the Sox last night, and someone tweeted that it was Luis Robert. I'm, I'm second-guessing myself tonight, Gasper, so I'm sorry. But a nice story about okay. how Craig Council is better than any manager in baseball history at winning one-run games. And I think part of that is because the Brewers are, are never this world-beater that's running away with games, but... Council's figured it out. He's really good with a bullpen. He's really good walking a tightrope down the stretch. What do you think of the job Craig Council is doing this season? I mean, I think Craig Council is doing a, a phenomenal job. I mean, just, just how he's been able to to manage his bullpen and and working with what he's got. Like you mentioned, doesn't really have world beater teams. There's only so much he can do with with the offense and, and the guys that he's putting out there. And you know, he does get the most out of out of his teams pretty much every single year and. Uh, you know, I think the one-run game success, I think part of that over the course of his man- managerial career is, is having Josh Hader and Devin Williams in the ninth inning. I think that definitely helps. When you get into a, into a one-run game, you feel pretty good that you're not going to blow it. Uh, so I, I think that's definitely a, a big part of that. And, you know, just being able to, to manage the bullpen like he does, I, I think, is, is phenomenal. And... Uh, he's he's one of the best managers in, in baseball for a reason, and, and those one-run game successes are, are a big part of it. Damn straight. Appreciate that, David Gasper. And uh, you had a little bit of news you told me off the air. I don't want to put you on blast uh, and steal your announcement, but big things coming for you within the next week or two. If you want to say something you can, otherwise we'll watch for your announcement on Twitter, and we'll talk next week as well. I don't want to. I don't want to take that that yeah. breaking of news away from you, so you hold on to it or or don't. Use it when you want, but... Big things coming for our guy, David Gasper. Oh, yeah, we, get, we got some big things coming uh, at reviewing the Brews. So definitely uh, stay tuned for that for sure. Hell, yeah. I'm going to blast that everywhere when you make that announcement. I don't want to take that away from you. Thank you, David Gasper. We're going to be up late tonight. Maybe when uh, my Twitter DMs reset at 11 or at midnight, I'll send you one, and we can talk Brewers Dodgers tonight. <laughs> there you go. Love it. Can't wait, man. Thank you, Gasper. Take care. Yep, take care. My brother, David Gasper, my UW lacrosse brother. Big things coming, reviewing the brew. He's telling me off the air. So follow him on Twitter, at DGasper24. There'll be plenty more coming from David Gasper within the next couple weeks. Excited for that, guys. So let's take a break. Three minutes. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. sports show last couple of minutes wrapping things up we appreciate david gasper's time talking a little bit about mark canna carlos santana 
<laughs> what a productive way to s- spend his evening. Yeah, Grant dragged me onto his radio show. Made me talk about players that 90% of sports fans in America have never heard of. Brewers Dodgers tonight. Wade Miley versus Clayton Kershaw. Just two aces, two alphas, two all-time greats. Well, one all-time great uh, and one badass. I'll say Wade Miley's a badass. He's got that going for him, maybe in a way that Clayton Kershaw doesn't. 608-321-1670. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Eric on I-90. I knew it. Eric, what's going on today? Oh, not much. I guess I just got to know what what hour was this incident with Brett from lacrosse because it seems like it's really raising a lot of voodoo. Well, he called in yesterday at the start of the 1 o'clock hour on the Bill Michaels show. I was filling in for Bill for the last hour. And he said, Bill Michaels sucks, the Packers suck. And then he hung up. It was very childish, and I didn't appreciate it. Oh, I think he did that the other day, too, didn't he? Yeah, I don't know if he, has he been doing it to the morning show. I don't know if he did it to the morning show or not. Somebody did it here recently. Somebody did it here recently. <sighs> All right, well that's not that bad. No, I mean it's not like he was yelling the f word, but we, you know we're come on, we're grown adults here. We're a bunch of gentlemen. We're professionals. Right, we are professionals, and we pride ourselves in that. Yeah, thank so I you. I don't have much for don't have not much for sports, but I did. Here's something interesting, and I think you'll appreciate it. Okay. That the Boys of Summer, the song that Don Henley wrote. Mm-hmm. You know the song I'm talking about, right? Oh, of course. That that was originally wrote for Tom Petty. Really? And I think you should listen to that song tonight and picture Tom Petty singing it, and it would have been perfect for him. You know, I think I will listen to that. I've also been listening to Tim McGraw today, and a song that I did not listen to was The Boys of Fall. I know that's Kenny Chesney, but we were talking a little bit about Kenny Chesney earlier today. So maybe on my drive home from work today, I'll go Boys of Summer by Don Henley, and I'll picture uh, uh, Tom Petty. And then I'll listen to The Boys of Fall, try to get myself hyped up, because high school football, I believe, start on Friday night. Doesn't it start this week, Eric? Right, it does, it does. We're going to get blasted with Aquinas stuff up here now. Oh, really? Oh, uh, Quaynes boys are pretty good. Oh, really? Interesting. Oh, yeah, they are. I mean, they're winning championships. And, you know, that's kind of a story in itself up here because I think it was like less than five years ago they were ready to wrap up their football program and just call it a day because they couldn't compete in the division they were in, you know? The Mississippi Valley Conference, I believe, is where they were, and they, right. they moved Couldn't down, have... I don't know. They're a smaller school. Right. That's fair. That is fair. That is fair. But they do, they do recruit a little bit. They do private school. Yeah, and some people say the same about Regis. There is a certain reputation around uh, Chippewa Valley sports fans towards Regis. Not by me. I, I'm not not making a judgment on any school versus another. Uh, but people do believe that. Yeah. Well, that's about all I got today. You know, I don't. I've been hearing you know some good stuff on the radio, and you guys are doing a great job. And, <laughs> Um, that's about it. Who's the, oh, by the way, uh, Tony in Texas was telling me about this earlier. Who's the most famous person you've ever met in your life? Bumped into, it doesn't matter. Grant Bill. Uh, really? You met no one famous in your life? Uh, you know, there's a reporter from Fox News that I met, and I can't remember. That's awesome. He's a black guy. Um, oh, I can't think of his name. I did run into him at an airport and I said, hey, you're, and 
I can't remember his name. And he goes, yes, I am. He said, have a good day. And he walked away. Oh, um, that was nice. Just, it's just, uh, it's uh, Fox News. Uh, I'll, I'll try to think of it. It's not Kilmeade. It's not. Well, you know what? You think oh, about oh, it, and if it comes to you, it, we can. Uh, Juan Williams. I'm looking at lists of hosts here. Juan Williams, that's the guy. Oh, it was. Oh, he looks Juan like a nice guy. Williams, Juan Williams in an airport in Tampa Bay, Florida. Inter- so there, Juan. <laughs> William. I'm glad we got that out of you before the end of the show. I got to wrap up here in 30 seconds. You drive safe on I-90, okay? Yeah, yeah, have a great day, bud. Yeah, you as well, Eric. Juan, Juan I just, I'm Googling Fox News anchors, and I know, well, Tucker's not there anymore. I knew Tucker, and I know Kilmeade, and then the other people on Fox and Friends. I don't know their names. I guess Gutfield, yep, I recognize him. Uh, Kilmeade, Hannity, that's right, Hannity, I knew Hannity Bill O'Reilly's not on Fox, he's not on Fox anymore, that's right Eric on I-90 in an airport, Juan Williams <laughs> Wisco Sports Show back tomorrow at 4, talk to you then